The reading is Romans chapter 1, verses 1 to 6. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. The gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the Son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him we received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to, the, to obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. And you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. Okay, so over, I don't know, the last couple of months, every now and then, we've been looking at the Baptist Union Declaration of Principle. Which is actually, uh, it might not sound interesting, but actually is really interesting and really important because it really is, is a sort of definition of what unites together the Baptist churches like ourselves who are part of, of that union. And what we've done, Laurie went through uh, the three points in, in a bit more detail a few years back. So what, what I've just been doing is picking a word out of each one and sort of letting that help us to think a little bit more about what it means to be a church and particularly a Baptist church. Now I've... I don't remember, but both of the other ones, I started with a word and asked you how it made you feel. The first one was authority, then change. And this week, the word is news. How does that word make you feel? Overwhelmed? Depressed? <laughs> yeah, often it does. <laughs> Fearful? Anyone else? Interested? Ooh. It could be exciting. Suspicious, yeah. It could be positive, but that it's like the other two words, authority and change, that we thought about before. News is a word that, that actually it kind of depends what sort of news. Is it bad news? Is it good news? Is it news on the telly? Uh, or you know, it, it does depend, doesn't it? It's a word that actually can have all sorts of different connotations for us. The um, the third point in the Baptist Union's Declaration of Principles, so these are three things that uh, unite the Baptist churches of the Union together, is this is the third one. It is the duty of every disciple to bear personal witness to the gospel of Jesus Christ and to take part in the evangelization of the world. Now I wanted to, in the next slide, I want to pick, well it looks like two words, but actually it's one word. Uh, gospel and evangelization. And if you put the next slide on, I'll explain why it's one word. Because both those words, both the word English word gospel and the English word evangelize, come from one Greek New Testament word. So the, the New Testament is written in Greek originally. And the Greek word is euangelion. And, and it's a compound of two Greek words, eu, which means good or joyful, and angelos, which means news or message or announcement. So when, when the New Testament writers use this word euangelion, they meant, we translate it gospel, but it literally means good news or joyful announcement. And so when that euangelion, when we make it into a verb, evangelize, 
that it kind of means good newsing, doing good news, or we might say to spread this good news. Now, I think, um, if you just go back to the, uh, I can't remember what the next slide is. <laughs> What's the next slide, Steve? Yeah, okay, so when you think about this third point in, in what it's about to be a Baptist church, that it's the duty of every disciple to bear personal witness to the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Or to, oh, I do remember what the next slide is. Go on two more. Next one, next one now. There you go. So, so another way of saying that is this. It's the duty of every disciple to bear personal witness to the good news of Jesus Christ and to take part in the good newsing of the world. I, I have invented that verb in English. I, I quite like it. So, so it. so each of us as Christians are supposed to be involved in good newsing the world. I like that. Now, what that means is, I don't know where to stand today, are you all right over here? Uh, what that means is a church should never exist just for its own sake. I think that's one thing we have to be very careful of as churches. We must never just be a church for our own sake because we like being church and coming here. Well, the whole point, if this is correct, is that actually God wants churches in the world to be a blessing to the world. We're to be good newsing the whole world. Now, the other thing that we, we learn, if, if good news is, is means uh, an announcement, uh, the gospel is not just advice. Uh, the Christian gospel is not just a sort of idea or a suggestion. It is an announcement of something that has happened. The good news is an announcement. Uh, it wasn't actually a new word, euangelion, when they wrote the New Testament. It was a word that other people used. Quite often, uh, leaders, rulers, kings would like to use this word euangelion, good news, when they became king or emperor. In fact, we have, a, we have a, an inscription from, we think, around the 9th century BC that uh, declares the good news of Caesar Augustus. And in fact, it's quite, there's one bit where it says this, the birthday of Augustus was the beginning of the good news, euangelion, for the world. So that's an inscription that, that Augustus Caesar wanted written about himself. And in fact, some scholars think Mark, when he wrote his gospel, do you remember how Mark's gospel begins? The beginning of the euangelion of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Some scholars think Mark was deliberately, he knew about this announcement that Caesar had made about Rome and his empire, and Mark was kind of saying, actually, that's nonsense. This is the beginning of the good news, and it's about Jesus. He's the only really true king who's going to bring you salvation. So my point is, this was a, you know, we, we say the word gospel and we think of church, but when it was first written, that word was actually a word about a, a kind of announcement, a royal announcement. Somebody's king, and the world's going to be so much better. And then we think, oh, that's what all our politicians and rulers still are saying, you know, if I'm leader, everything will be better, and, you know, we try and vote for who we think might be best, but actually none of them can really deliver on that promise, can they? You know, we've never had a perfect politician, president, uh, prime minister, whoever it is, and that's why it's still so important 
that as Christians, we do what Mark was doing, saying, actually, if you really want to know good news, if you really want to know a leader, a ruler, a king, who can put things right for you and for the world, then it's Jesus that we want to tell you about. So that's our good news. So what is the good news? Actually, before, no, we'll get rid of that in a minute. Quick, oh, it's gone. What is, if, if somebody asked you, what's the good news, the Christian good news, what would you say? And there's, by the way, there's lots of different aspects to that, so don't be afraid. There's not like one right answer. What's the good news, the gospel? Freedom? Forgiveness? God loves you? Salvation? Eternal life? The Bible? So what God says, yeah? So these are all great answers. These are all part of what what God's good news is. Now, it's interesting, when you look in the, in the Bible itself and look for bits where it says, sometimes it just says the gospel. Sometimes it says the gospel of, or the gospel about. In other words, there are some passages in the New Testament where it kind of says the good news, which is, and there are three things that often keep being said. The first one is the gospel of God. And you'll find this quite often when, when the New Testament actually says the gospel of or about something, it says, well, it's about God. So our good news as a church is telling the world about God, about who God is, about God's love, as Peter said. You'll also find the second one that you find very often is that in the New Testament, it will say the gospel of Christ or the gospel about Christ or Jesus Christ. So more specifically, so the good news of God more specifically is the good news about his son, Jesus. And then the other, the third one that you'll quite regularly see in the New Testament, particularly in Luke's gospel, uh, Luke often describes the gospel as the gospel of the kingdom. So what's the good news? Well, it's news about who God is. It's news about what he's done through his son, Jesus Christ. And it's the news that Jesus is the king of God's kingdom. So actually, when you think back to that first century and how they how all the leaders and rulers used to talk about themselves as the, the good news. Actually, when Jesus came, God was saying, Jesus, God, his kingdom is the good news. It, 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 it's very much news about who's king in our world. And the Christian gospel says that king is God, Christ, and it's his kingdom, which is the good news that we need to hear. Now, we're going to watch a video now. It's just about four minutes long. Because I, this is a gospel uh, uh, a video by the Bible Project, which gives a really good overview of this word gospel. If you know any Christians, or if you happen to be one, you've probably heard the word gospel as a kind of summary of Christian belief, connected to phrases like, God loves you, or Jesus died for your sins. But over time, religious words like gospel can lose their power and meaning by becoming too familiar. So, let's take a moment to rediscover what this important word, gospel, meant to the people who wrote the Bible. Gospel translates the Old Testament Hebrew verb, biser, and the noun, besorah. The Greek New Testament equivalent is euangelion, which is a compound word. Eu means good, and angelion means announcement. All of these words mean good news, but what kind of news? Well, in Hebrew, biser is what we might call national news, or a royal announcement. Like when King David hears a messenger, Biser, that his army was victorious in battle. That means he still rules on his throne over the people of Israel. And after David dies, his throne is passed on to Solomon, his son. 
And when he was inaugurated as king in Jerusalem, a herald spreads the Besorah, that a new ruler is in charge. But after Solomon's death came a bunch of bad news kings whose corruption led their nation into self-destruction. This is why the prophet Isaiah announced the good news that one day the God of Israel would come as the cosmic king to confront all corrupt and violent kingdoms and restore his rule over all nations. And so when Jesus of Nazareth hit the public stage, he continued Isaiah's gospel when he went around announcing the euangelion of God's kingdom. Jesus claimed that God was restoring his reign over his people Israel and over all nations and he was the one bringing it all about. Now, the euangelion about a new king in charge means a new way of life. Jesus said that living in God's kingdom meant following him by putting down the sword and seeking peace through radical forgiveness and generosity even toward your enemies. His good news required people to make a decision. This is why Jesus took his euangelion to Jerusalem to confront the corrupt and violent kingdoms of his day. But he challenged them in a surprising way with the power of God's generous love. As Jesus was being executed by his enemies, he received his crown and was mocked as a fake king. But he displayed true royal authority by forgiving his tormentors. Jesus was the one in charge that day, giving his life for the sins of others. And then, a few days later, everything changed. Jesus rose from the dead as the true king whose love is stronger than death. He appeared to hundreds of his followers and told them to spread the euangelion, that all authority in heaven and earth now belongs to him. And they did share this good news all over the ancient world. They did it by writing the four accounts of Jesus' life that are the gospel. That is, they tell the story of how Jesus brought God's kingdom, how he lived for others and died for their sins, and then was raised from the dead. Jesus' followers also shared the good news by simply talking about it. This is why Peter and Paul or Priscilla and Aquila traveled all around sharing the royal announcement. While it might look like the rulers of our world are in charge and can do whatever they want, the good news is that the crucified and risen Jesus is the true Lord of the world, the real king of all creation. And in Jesus' kingdom, things are different. It's where the real leaders are the servants because the last are first and the first go to the back of the line. It's where the hungry are fed and the homeless are welcome because love is the most powerful reality of God's kingdom. And this good news is not easy to believe. It actually sounds kind of crazy when you first hear it, but something happens when people tell the story of Jesus and start living like he really is the king of the world. That's when this gospel becomes the best news that you've ever heard. The Hebrew word was beser, which means an announcement. It was a sort of word that was used when uh, we're told King David received news that his armies had won a battle. And the word that in the Old Testament that described that good news was beser. So it was news about the king was still on the throne. Or uh, when, when David died, Solomon, his son, became king, and the same word again, news, this good, joyful announcement was made, Solomon is king, you know, again, it was, a, it was about who's in charge, you know, who's Lord, and it's that word, that was the background in the Old Testament to that New Testament word that Jesus arrived and said, this is the good news, that Jesus is here and the kingdom of God is on earth, because God had always promised, after all those 
a mixture of kings, all of who died, that there would one day be a great king, and that would be Jesus. So our good news as the church is that we have a person we can follow, and that person is Jesus, God's son, and it's his kingdom which is actually saving us, making this world a better place, making our lives a better place. Jesus has loved us, died on the cross for our sins, taking our sins away, we're forgiven. That was one of the words we used. He's risen from the dead, which means we have new life in God, eternal life. Um, Jesus Christ is the king who truly we can follow. We never need doubt what he says. We never need be suspicious or skeptical about what Jesus says he's going to do because Jesus is the true king and Lord who God has sent as good news for the world. Now, so the question for us, if, if this is an announcement from God, it's not just saying, why don't you try this or think about this? It's saying, Jesus is, is the king of the universe and he's loved you and died for you and risen again as your savior. The question for us is actually how we'll respond. Will we let this good news from God about Jesus, his son and his kingdom, will we let that lead us and shape us as individuals and I think as well as a human race? Now we said earlier that what this aspect of um, the, uh, the Baptist Union's Declaration of Principle, but what it tells us is that a church should never exist just for its own sake. We are called by God to go out and, and make good news spread throughout this world, the good news of Jesus Christ. We're not just here to be a church and do churchy things together. We are here because God brought good news to the world We've heard it, we've believed in it, we've received it, our lives are being changed by it. But we're also being sent by God uh, to share this good news with every single person that we can, whoever they are, whatever they're doing. We have good news about Jesus and God sends us into the world. So I've got, what I've got now is just uh, five questions to leave us with, to think about. In fact, maybe we'll think about them and have a little time to just pray. The first one is this, do we believe the good news? Do you believe the good news about Jesus, the Son of God, who came to the world, died for your sins, rose again so that you can have that freedom and new life that God promised? Do you believe the good news? The next one, are we living as good news people? Do our lives sort of demonstrate to people that there's, a, there's this good news that has changed us. Joyful, good news. The next question, how do we do that? That's something to keep thinking about. How do we live as good news people? What would that look like in your life, in my life, in our life as a church, if we're living as the people of God's good news? What effect should it have on others when we do live as good news people? You know, what does God want to be happening through us as we live as his people, evangelizing, good newsing the world? And then I think this next one's really exciting. What effect will it have on the world when lots of us live as good news people? I think that last one, which plugs into the Baptist Union thing, you know, the evangelization of the world. Isn't that exciting to think, you know, if we all start living like Jesus showed us to live, 
if we all start believing that actually God loves us. And actually, I haven't got to prove anything. I haven't got to outdo anyone else. I can just live in the freedom of his forgiveness and love and new life. You know, there's, for me, the most important, one of the most important things about that is there's no competition between me and another human being. God loves us. God loves me. I haven't got to prove anything. I haven't got to outdo everyone else. And that gives us the freedom to then live in the ways of love that Jesus demonstrated and that Jesus called us to. You know, love one another. By this, people will know you're my disciples. They'll know you've been following me. And then think about how he called us to go and feed the hungry, to help the weak, to release those who are captives in whatever way that may be. What effect would it have on the world when lots of us start living as that kind of good news people?